Side Floor from the Bench with Dench. I'm your studio host, Denny Rittenhouse. Good evening. Welcome to From the Bench with Dench. Your host, Denny Rittenhouse here, and thank you for joining us for another episode. So we welcome to the studio tonight, Highland football coach Jim Warnicky. Jimmy Warnicky, whatever you prefer, <laughs> yeah. and play-by-play man for BulldogRadioHighland.com, Mike Smart Jesse, I think I got that right, Yep. we'll call him Smarge from the remainder of the night, <laughs> but uh, uh, gentlemen, welcome aboard, uh, Jimmy, especially you, I know your time is, <laughs> I don't know how you do it, um, as busy as you are, especially starting this month, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, thanks for having me, it's a pleasure to be here and excited to talk about Highland football. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun watching you uh, work the sidelines the last decade, and I thought that might be a good time to, to review what you've done so far, and uh, um, just as interesting how you got there. And uh, if you, anybody who's lived in Highland long enough knows the Warnicky family is obsessed with football. Um, it's just everywhere you turn and, and you see on social media and everything. Uh, I imagine you've had it ingrained since as long as you can remember. Is that accurate? Accurate, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your dad um, is a key influence there, I would assume. 100%. I mean, he's laid the foundation for us. Uh, you know, he's coached my uncles growing up because he was quite a big, he was the oldest of seven, and uh, he coached my uncles and, and coached along with me and my brother, all my cousins and his nephews. <laughs> and uh, yeah, from an early start, I think the, the biggest thing I got in coaching was seen uh you know how to coach passionately about something and i think uh you know that's something that my dad definitely modeled for me um, well, i saw dad, that I put my kids uh, through quarterback club back in the in the 80s at the time or the late 80s um uh, he was heavily involved in that he started um yeah I, from from what i know um in my recollection uh him uh, and, and josh kaburk were heavily influenced in that i know we talked about mr roots earlier as well but I know that they were really in the beginning stages of that, and I, I'm reluctant to, yeah, you know, no, no, leaving out names. That's and, fair. And that, but. I, I got to ask you this on the Warnicky family: Where's the the passion for the Green Bay Packers come from? Uh, we my uh, from my from my father's side, uh, we still go deer hunting up every year, just about 30 miles north of Green Bay, in, in a town, small town called Peshtigo, and that was the farmhouse that my grandpa grew up in, and uh, my dad visited frequently in the summers and. You know, uh, pretty pretty big cheesehead territory up there. So <laughs> yeah, and then I yeah. went to a four-year school about, as a crow flies, five miles from Lambeau Field. Uh, so I did that for four years. And, uh, yeah, Wisconsin's been a big part of our, our, our past and our family. All right. I was always curious about that. I, I see, see you dressed in green every Sunday. You see something on, on Facebook. I, I'm um, friends with your, your brother and, and, and his wife on, on Facebook and stuff. But uh, So I see them pictures constantly, and I, I just have always wondered, you know, where, where's that affection come from? Is there a Northwestern connection there, too? Yeah. Uh, my, my father, when he coached, uh, coached us when we were younger, um, he saw Billy Greenwald, and um, obviously his, his exploits speak of himself, and uh, speak for themselves, but he uh, went to Northwestern. My dad had coached Billy um, when my brother and I were just kids. He, he coached Billy's group, him and Clayton Cameron, and um, 
by a whole, whole list of guys, Brad Finster, Tim Lowe, uh, Zach Colmesberg, coached all them guys growing up throughout quarterback club, him and John Burke, And, uh, you know, it was a uh, pretty good connection to him and him and Billy had. And then Billy went to Northwestern. He started taking us to that football camp. And this was back when they had youth camps that were, you know, four or five days, stay the night. Uh, and, and, and the head coach and the OC and DC are really heavily involved. Now they kind of turned to more one-day satellite camps. But So we went up there from uh, sixth grade on up through 12th grade. And every year we had 10, 15, 20 guys from Highland football going up there. And uh, we took the train a couple of years. We took Tom Manville's uh, race car tra uh, uh, trailer up there one year. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of always our connection through Billy at Northwestern. Uh -huh. And now I think a group of the kids went up this pasture with my brother. Yeah. Um, for it was just kind of a one day thing, but uh, kind of a far cry from what it used to be up there. But some good years. Were you in the area uh, as far as at that time? I was not, um, but I've heard plenty of the exploits of the, maybe the, 89 team, yeah, I hear 89 team, compared with the 18 team of Correct. a few years ago, you know, that was all the comparisons going back and forth right. over, the, yeah. right. um, over the years, of the, who's and uh, me living with one of the 18 grads, Jacob Willis, uh, I get to hear it all the time, of course, that that team was better than the 89 team, but... You know, he wasn't even around, so he has no idea. And then Coach Butch Zobras, who graduated '89, was part of our coaching staff yeah, for many exactly. years. Yeah, with his with his son Trevor playing in our in our program. And uh, I don't know. You asked a question for Butch Zobras if you ever run into him, but, but <laughs> well, I, I, I think here. I know what side he'll choose. He'll choose his. his I moved here in '88, so I had the pleasure of watching that team gel at the right time, and and then uh, follow them in that in that postseason. So, so it, it made a little fire, and I think it's set. The standard for Highland football, uh, right? They, Highland had some competitive teams over the years prior to that, but uh, uh, Coach Hooker um, took that team and, and, and uh, molded it into uh, uh, a bar that you you've raised a little, in my opinion. But uh, Coach Hooker did a, a great job in laying the foundation um, for the program overall. Yeah, that was definitely something that we were we were chasing, and um, you know, try to do something that no one else in this in this town has ever done. I think that's something that we've tried to really get through our, our players to to, to have uh, to be able to, to put that on their shoulders and say, hey, we were able to accomplish something no one else has done. And you know, unfortunately, we in twenty seventeen we were we stopped a little short, uh, you know, at same semifinal level as that eighty nineteen. But I mean, I remember being a kid in sixth grade watching. Uh, the 89 highlight film that Coach Hawkins put together, pieced together as he was a part of that team as well. And I mean, that was that motivated me as a player, still motivates me to do what I do for, for the town of Highland and and what those accomplishments were made by those guys in the 89. Well, I think when you talk about that, the 17 team would do the same thing. The, the kids who were playing football down in the end zone during the Friday night games at home in 2017, those kids looked up to the Sam Laportas, the Brady Feldmans, etc. And now they are sixth, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, and that's as you said that that was a foundation that's laid again, and and you still want to keep striving for that. They saw what kind of success those teams had. Now they want to be those guys. Yeah, uh, pretty partial as, as a group. I group I coached the twenty seventeen team, but um, that was <laughs> that was deep. just neat to be a part of that. Yeah, that's, that's so. So you play for for Coach Hooker. Um, um, Good influence? Unbelievable. Uh, you know, I, I had Coach Hooker when he was kind of towards the end of his of his coaching career. I think he, he coached maybe five or six more years after me. 
Um, but just a man you respected. Um, you know, he demanded the very best out of you. Um, and uh, he just, he's always coached. You know, I'll see him time to time in Highland Diner. He goes to eat there. And, and uh, again, uh, when I'm out there on Friday night and I see coach watching, I mean, I, God, I can't mess up tonight, man. I mean, <laughs> my coach is out there, you know? And uh, yeah, he's he's a special person, like like a lot of coaches have been in our lives. Right, and has inspired me along with my father and other other models. But um, he was a good one. Yeah. That, that brings up a question I had actually, Dennis. Um, your first season at Highland, mm-hmm. am I correct? It was it '09? Is that correct? Yeah, well, that is oh, correct. So at, yeah, as yeah. a first year, as a first year coach, first year head coach, varsity level, uh, you go winless. Do you? Do you start questioning yourself? Am, am I am I ready for this? Is this the right thing for me? Am I am I in over my head? That type of thing, or yeah. do you always have that vision of no, nope, this was just the first step, and and um, I know we're I know where we're we're gonna go. Yeah, I had the vision. Uh, you know, I, football is something that um, I was always very comfortable with. Uh, not always the best athlete, but had a mind for and and had just a lot of confidence in myself. I, I knew what what a good football team was. I was confident I knew how to get there. It was just never happens when we want it to. So from frustration that settled in that definitely that first year. But I think you saw a resolve going four and zero to start off year two, mm-hmm. and then got a little big for our britches in the season five and five. But uh, yeah, I was I was you always had a couple of key injuries that first year too that yes, set you back. Right yes, off, absolutely. Right? Yeah, uh, Jacob Bush, uh, our our biggest lineman, returning lineman, tore his ACL at team camp at the end of July, um, and. Um, there were several others, I'm sure, that they're sticking out. That not sticking out. I think head. Matt Becker got hurt. Matt too. Becker, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so yeah. You, I mean, uh, Tyler Zappia was another yeah, one. Yeah. He, he's uh, coaching at Triad mm-hmm. now, uh, but he was. Uh, That's three big boys there. That, yeah. that, that, <laughs> and you, you know, had a thousand yard rusher if, if they're on the field. And if you start taking away a couple big boys, and that really puts you in a bind. Yeah. Because you got to do two things to win football games consistently: run the ball and stop the run. And generally, you got a couple skill guys that get banged up here and there. You can change some things around. But if you don't got a five-man unit up front or a four-man unit or whatever your front is on defense, it's it's tough. Yeah, if you can't control the line of scrimmage, and and they yeah. never get nearly enough credit. No. Uh, year in and year out, and, and I don't want to say I'm as much to blame about it. But when you do play by play, you are you're trying to describe the action to the person that's listening, and so you're. You're worried about where the ball is going and who's got it and who's scoring, and you don't necessarily think all the time to talk about those guys up front. And but the stuff doesn't happen if if it's not for those uh, those guys up front. Hundred percent. You know, I um, I do a lot of color commentary in, in football over the years, and and um, you know the the football gods weren't kind to you that year one, but a couple of years down the road, um, you get in my mind the best high school lineman I've seen in the, in the Metro East. Uh, right and, and Tanner Farmer, I reckon I, I I like to pat myself on the back. I was Tanner's first coach. All right, as a five year old when he was playing <laughs> in the seven under league, and um, I couldn't keep him off the field. He was he was a tiger then. He didn't have the size obviously that that he the beast he grew into, but but uh, he had that he had that it factor. From the outset, yeah, and um, um, I, I really admired the way you handled the team when you had a talent like that, and uh, that's been one of the most impressive things I think in, in watching you coach Jimmy is how you adapt 
to the players you have as opposed to this is my system, this is what you have to learn and run. Sure. Um, am I accurate with that? You, Absolutely. You would... And I think some of that, you know, through coaching and playing, you learn the good and the bad, right? Working a job, you learn the good and the bad. And if this is my, going to be my thing someday, you know, I'm going to make sure that I do that or don't do that. And I felt at times, uh, you know, I, I remember playing in high school and the kind of football was a lot different back then, right? Everything was played in a box and three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah. But man, I, I had guys like like uh, Zach Lewis and Alex Scholl who were split receivers on the other team, and they're playing tight end at 160 pounds. You know, yeah. so I'm like, we're only going to go as far as, as as they put 200 pound guys around crossing these guys and just come at us. You know, um, so uh, I, th I think uh, what I've always tried to do is is have a scope that's big enough. Um, but then, you know, really from year to year, take, uh, you know, different components of our offense and what we do, uh, whether it be personnel-wise. Um, so uh, it, it's worked for us, and I think ultimately is trying to have that balance, right, that run-pass balance, keep the defense guessing as which. But it's not always going to be like that. I mean, we saw Brent's freshman year, uh, uh, Cameron's freshman year, uh, where we had a, a senior-oriented line, four or five returning starters, and uh, we ran the ball probably 85% of the time, and we told people where we were going. But, um, yeah, yeah. So you definitely got to tailor to your needs. That's yeah. that's good coaching. It's not play calling or schemes that win games. It's players at the end of the day, and you got to put them in the best situation. But I, I would watch the, the Tanner Farmer teams. And I would go there just to watch him. I'd watch his, his foot. I was a lineman in high school, so I admire the trenches. And his footwork was amazing to me. Um, he, he just, technique mm -hmm. was was everything with him. And uh, I'm shocked he's not playing Sundays. But, but yeah. yeah. You know, I and as a casual fan, I don't get that. Uh, when I watch a kid like that go uh, dominate in high school, goes to a Big Ten school, I think he would suffered a little bit with Nebraska taking a dive. Um, yeah, during three that coaches time. in his in his time yeah, there, and, and so but but I I would watch Nebraska and he looked like he was doing his job every time I yeah I, was I would agree him. with you. I, you know the only thing I can explain I don't know if there's any truth to this that you know I uh, pros games a much more wide open game and I think anyone can tell you that Tanner's best strength was was just as he gets his hands on you ain't going anywhere and I, I don't care who you are what whatever level because he's that strong. I mean, I don't know what he did in the NFL Combine, how his bench press was, but um, I think with the more wide open game, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was some uncertainty that uh, you know playing in space, but I didn't see it in the college level. I surely didn't. Yeah. Um, and uh, but he's he's maybe. still doing great, doing doing uh, wrestling now yeah. at the Olympic levels, and uh, what tremendous driving. He was a guy that whether you had a Sam Laporte or, or some of those amazing athletes you get from time to time. It's just the confidence that they bring you, right? I mean, we knew as a coaching staff and as a team that there wasn't one team that we were going to go against where we would not win that double team up to a linebacker. We knew that we would get it every time. And having that safety blanket, that knowledge, yeah. and how that get, how that takes a little pressure off you as a quarterback, as a running back, as a wide receiver, a cornerback, play caller, offensively, you know, that's... That's it, you know. That that's that. That's something you just can't can't find here in your right. Own. And and I think a disadvantage maybe that uh, Tanner may have had. I talking about the NFL. I think they have such there's such uh, specifics for each. You know, they want their arm length to be so, so long. They want their mm -hmm. you know their size. You could still be a certain size, but if your arms aren't a certain length, 
well, they can't hold off a defensive tackle or whatever the case yeah. may be. And they get so specific about it. If you're one or two inches away from that it's when they crazy. talk about those measurements, they, they're like, well, no, we, he can't he can't help us. And I, it's unfortunate, um, but it, it, it does it's show the life of the NFL. Just how elite. Yeah. The athlete is at, at that professional level. Yeah, you know it really, it really yeah. is. I mean, you think you're combining all the colleges into 32 teams, yeah. and, and only a few of them are going to make it. So, so it does make you make you. I, 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 my favorite Tanner moment was when and you're in the playoffs playing Bartonville, um, Limestone, yeah, Limestone, and uh, you guys had a, a pretty dominating game. Now I'm sitting in the crowd by some Limestone fans. And um, you had a couple long drives where you, you, you just run it off Tanner mm-hmm. time and time again. Sure. The crowd's like, stack seven guys on the right tackle. <laughs> you, know, you know it's going there. And as what? soon as they, they adjust the defense, you know, it's like you said, it makes it easier on a coach, you know, run the option the yeah. other way and uh, it's wide open. And Yeah. And, what know. a beautiful day for a football game that was, too. That, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Saturday yeah. afternoon, I'm just just at playoff <laughs> smell. Yeah. There's the nothing air. better than Saturday there. afternoon playoff football. There isn't. I mean, if you can't get, yeah. there's no drug in the world yeah, that, yeah. that give you what that feeling is as a player yeah. or coach. and. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It captured that um, the the Greenwald team had that against Carbondale. That was a magical day. Was that that game? Yeah, that that game. That, that was a um, uh, my first impression really of, of Highland as a community. Uh, seeing how it came together at that point, it's like okay, that that's cool. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, so so then you you start this amazing run of, of conference dominance. Right. What, what was it? One loss in six years, seven yeah. years, something like that. And uh, uh, just an incredible run. Uh, a lot of talent coming in and out. Uh, but then you get up to the, the 17 team. And um, you know, everybody starts with Sam. And now, when you had Sam uh, Laporta, did you know what you were going to do with him from the outside? Because you toyed with him at quarterback yeah that is correct and we you know we had Garrett Marty uh who came in uh a lot as a freshman of mop-up duty when we had Logan Geiger I mean a game breaker yeah take 190 to the house at any time Gage Geiger Andrew Winning were all part of that group and a great offensive line defensive line um and uh uh, I'm sorry uh what what were you saying so so uh yeah. Uh, hey, quarterback. Yeah, so basically, um, uh, we didn't know. Uh, I mean, you look at the kid and his height and this and that. So we, we opened tryout. That's how we did it. I remember talking to Brendan Laney, our quarterback coach, with, with that position, and let's let him compete and let's go at it. And, I mean, in all fairness, Garrett won it out and uh, had a little more knowledge, I think, uh, within our offense. Obviously, that familiarity, familiarity helped him quite a bit. But, um and I think ultimately, too, we saw, you know, what Sam could bring us at that split receiver spot. But we felt that, you know, I mean, who, who do I know as a 15-year-old where this kid's going to play a couple of years from? I think we yeah. owed it to him to compete at that position if he wanted to. Yeah. But I think it worked out. Garrett was an all-state quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Was, I think you did. Has every record in our set in our school uh, from the quarterback spot. Yeah, so, but like, game-breaker speed, right? I mean, he you know, take I, it. And there was a game uh, at Triad. Uh, would have been Sam's freshman year, 
and Garrett was hurt. Yeah, he got hurt in CM. And, and the week before, yeah, yep. it was. Yeah, and, and yep. Sam gets thrown into the quarterback position as a freshman on a varsity yep. game at Triad. You know that rivalry, and uh, maybe thirteen to three was the final. And yep. neither, neither team moved the ball. I think they ran Correct. a punt back, maybe or a kickoff back Something for like a, that. A and touchdown. then we bogged down. Uh, had an issue in the backfield. We bogged down inside the ten. Yep. I think on on fourth down. Yeah, and you, you throw a kid like Sam into that. Maybe he doesn't. I won't say he wasn't successful, but you know, you lose the game, and he goes gets thrown to the fire as a quarterback as a freshman. But in a rivalry, game in, in like a rivalry that, game, right? but you also could see this kid can compete. You know, and yeah. I believe he actually played maybe a little bit the next week it was maybe Waterloo. I think Garrett was maybe still a little that banged up, and, and, yes. and that was a win. So yeah. you, you could see that even that maturity go from one week to the next. And, at, and at, to at be honest, point. how that worked is we were hundred percent kind on Garrett to play that game. And probably about five minutes to kick off, he goes up to our quarterback coach, Brendan Delaney, and says, Coach, this isn't, this isn't good. I don't think it's going to work out. So Brendan's going here and telling me this, and he's like, Ah, Coach, I got something to tell you. And I'm like, What? Because, you know, we had, we had gone through warm ups. Hell, if I'd have known this earlier, um, but, but it worked out, as yeah. you said, and getting, getting a big win. And I yeah. think second game, you saw Sam really settle down. Yeah, yeah. That, that sophomore year is when I first took notice of Sam. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know the grade school that well, and uh, apparently they were, were pretty dominant in, in, at the mm-hmm. grade school level. But uh, uh, but that whole class was special. You know, it's so much more than than, than just Sam. Um, when, when you have a, a running back, I mean, I don't know how a team schemed against you. Um, it, it was it was incredible and. And Garrett Marty puts together one of the most phenomenal high school seasons, and uh, I've seen a quarterback in the area. And there have been some good ones, and, and, and that are they're right there with it. But forty-two touchdowns, what three interceptions, a uh, one forty-seven rating. Yeah, I, I, I think he had his eighteen or twenty rushing touchdowns that he had that season as well. Yeah. Um, completion percentage. Our goal every year is sixty-eight percent. Uh, only quarterback I've had in 12 years that hit that mark, hit it right at 68%. That's a big target for us as far as being efficient in what we do offensively. Um, and, and he hit that. And uh, that team, I mean, I, I don't want to leave people, but just, uh, God, yeah. they, they remind you of an old school team a little bit. You know, just uh, the way they competed, they were just, I mean, there was talent there, but but some of these guys were just ordinary guys. You know, I. I mean, I, I Brady doesn't have breakaway speed right. or, like, you know, he's not setting squat records or deadlift records in the weight room. It's just how they went out and competed. And whether it was on the football field on Friday night, on the basketball court, whether it was uh, at someone's house on the basketball court, the way that those – and there was about four or five of them that I felt above everybody else that just competed. You're lucky to have one kid who competes – at that high of a level on on your team, like one kid who competes that high, we had legitimately three to four, yeah. all right. And then the other supporting parts, the Brayton Moss, who, uh, I mean, the unselfishness of him being a tailback and, and taking over that fullback spot and, and helping be an extension of our offensive line. And well, and, there, and like you said, the, un, the names that go kind of unmentioned. Um, I'm thinking back to. Even on the defensive side side of the ball, uh, Drew Holvey playing defensive end, um, just running down people from the backside nonstop. Uh, Reese May, I believe, was a linebacker. Oh. It, it, you know, just guys that you maybe didn't didn't get all the again didn't get all the accolades, all the highlights, but uh, they. I mean, those were the guys that 
that made that team just as much as anybody well, else. Jacob Willis. I mean, he's the kid that all summer long when Sam was going to some of these camps and showcases, right, that he had to go to to promote himself and, and, and try to give himself a scholarship. I mean, Jacob was stepping as our number one and, and duding people up everywhere we went. Um, I know, uh, Mike, you were probably at some of them uh, uh, MOBAP uh, 707s yeah, that yeah. we had. I mean, he was a man amongst boys. And you didn't. it was one of those years where you didn't have enough footballs. It yeah. really was. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was times where Brady Feldman was getting eight carries a game because... You know, uh, we just had other ways to go with it, and other people were coming in afterwards. Yeah. But he still had 118 yards. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and three well, touchdowns. I mean, you, had, you yeah. had nine receivers on that team that averaged double figures in yardage. Yeah. Yard per reception. Yeah. I mean, that, that's incredible. Dylan Shaw, probably one of the best cornerbacks I've, I've, I've ever had in my, in my time as a coach. Um, nothing special about him. Just ornery and competed and... That was a fun group through yeah. seven on it like, seven. It was like watching a video game. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear you reflecting on all these positives because you always hear these stories about the coaches saying it's that loss that, that makes you know that you remember the most. Mm-hmm. How often do you think about Rochester? Um, if you're gonna lose to a to a team. Yeah, you know, I guess that's a problem. Yeah, yeah I never, I've never been big on that, though, because hell, I think all of the years where we made playoffs, 11, 11 years in a row or something like that, of those eleven years, I bet you look back and eight of the times we were knocked out by the state champion. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't necessarily want to take that approach. I don't feel better. You know, I want, yeah. we want to win. I mean, our ultimate goal is to win the state championship. So uh, it's rough. I, I mean, at, at, at those times, it, it just. It gives you the perspective how good you have to be in those moments because yeah. it's uh, you, as you go back yeah. as a coach and you, after the game because everything goes fast right and you start breaking stuff down series by series and going to the film and you're you're just where did this go sour and, and you look at it and it was a drop ball here it was a penalty here it was uh, you, you know a, a special teams blunder there and that was it that was it yeah so getting that perspective and, and trying to you know, with the schedule, we not to fast forward to right now, but the schedule we got right now, weeks one through three, and those teams, you know, what a valuable lesson for those guys last year to realize how how good you got to be in that game, how well you got to execute to beat good teams. Yeah. Um, and that I think to me is a lesson that we are carrying into this year more than anything. So, so with that, I was going to ask you about that, uh, the schedule change and, and stuff that you took on last year. Is that your driving? Uh, yes, with it absolutely, absolutely was. Uh, she gives me, I've always had the freedom in my in my time here to, to choose my schedule. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, uh, we really started started bumping our schedule up when we saw what, what we had coming up in 2017, 2018. We started taking some Southwestern Conference teams, Alton and Belleville, these who we started. Um, with uh, and then obviously Edwardsville is a step up from there, but you know I, I feel like there's a double-edged sword because you got to get in right. You, you got to get in. You got to get enough playoff points. But I felt like uh, for teams that we, we legitimately had a shot to, to to make a run at it, we just weren't battle tested. We had a great conference, right? And and uh, everybody coaching our conference will tell you that. But uh, you know, you, just going through our conference is going to make you battle tested to. I mean, we saw things last year in Edwardsville that I've never seen from D linemen coming off the ball, bringing their hands, um, the speed that we see. And 
I mean, if you're seeing that for the first time in a third-round playoff game, like, you're probably not going to respond real well to it, you know? So what we try to do is in the summertime go against O'Fallon, go against uh, some of them more elite teams with speed and things that we don't have in our conference to help us better prepare that. I, I can tell you winning against O'Fallon a couple weeks ago, and it was one of the best things we've done all summer, you know, just, just from – we're not going to see that till till deep in the playoffs. Yeah. That that collective speed, you know, and energy that they brought. So uh, that's that's been the idea these last couple of years. I know things. Many people could look at last year and say, "Oh, that you know that, that kind of backfired on you, right? You're 0 and three, and and uh, I've heard a lot of praise in the community. Are very very appreciative of, and the boys were of, of how we showed out against Edwardsville. But I mean, that's not our mentality uh, going into this year. Uh, you know, our mentality is, is, you know, we went 0-3 last year. We're, we're shooting for 3-0. and And I can't get I can't tell you word for word from what my players say, but uh, I feel pretty strong that they feel the same way I do. We're, we're going we're gonna to lace up and we're going to play. Yeah. And, and we're not, we feel if we do what we do, we're going to be in a dogfight with anyone we face this year. And that's just, it's about us. It's not about Edwardsville. It's not about Rochester's. Right. It's about being the best version of ourselves and executing on game night. If we do that, no one's going to stand in our way. That's a big if, right? It's a tough thing to do. 11 is 1. Right? That's why the game of football is so great. you got to count on 11 guys doing their job consistently every play. It's one of the toughest things to do in sports as a, as a team sport. But that's what we're shooting for. And uh, Well, you have, you have a, lot of, a lot of kids returning this year. Um, that saw action not only last year, but even as sophomores. Um, a couple of them even as freshmen. We've mentioned Brent, and, and there's been a couple of others as well. But those those kids, they saw it last year. And, and you can really say you were 0-3, you were 1-3, then you were 1-4. From that point on, you're, you're, you're in the playoffs. Right yeah. now you're in the playoffs. Because yeah. um, if you don't win, you're not going to advance. And so yeah. every week after that was a playoff game anyway. So that, what, you, know, you don't want to be in that situation necessarily, no, but you're it you're builds battle, character. You're, yeah, you're, you're battle tested, I, mean, I would think. There, there were years where 2013, uh, 2017, 2018, you're beating teams by four or five touchdowns. I mean, where, where are you learning? Where's the struggle there? Well, you said you Brady, Brady Feldman, eight carries a game. He was on right. sidelines at halftime. You know, he's already uh, so, done. So, I, I mean, what that says about the, this group and this group of seniors, and, and, and to kind of tie it together, Denny, you know, you were kind of talking about the past, the program, and, and you know, we, we've been through some tough years with this group. This senior class, like, cool. they, they've yeah. had more losses yeah. in, 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 in their four years than any team, any senior class can say, you know, probably prior to them. And it was a result of the numbers and COVID and, and, and starting freshmen, freshmen and sophomores probably before they were ready to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of large hard lessons came that way, the best lessons learned. And I'm really excited to see how they take those lessons learned through their younger years and, and really put it into this year. I think that's that's the thing to really tie it all together. We've had some bumps in the road, and like anyone would, but uh, this is the year where you know we put it all together. What did you see this summer? I mean, what how the summer go for? I guess as far as a preparation for the for the season with this group, who has, as you said, some of them some of them four year stars, but definitely three year stars. Again, going back to the COVID year, when you talk about that that. Sophomore year, where it was a, a spring season, it was just kind of everybody just kind of walked around in a daze. Like, what is what is this? Yeah, hardest you coaching know? ever. Oh, ever. can't uh, even you imagine. Talk to any any coach in his 60s, 70s, just 
they'll tell you that all that that was that was the toughest. And yeah. the spring right in right into to summer and fall it was yeah. it was rough. Um, but uh, summer's been good. Uh, you know, June and July we, we hit it pretty hard. Um, boys have been on a two week break now, but we got some good competition. Uh, one uh, we went played in the nineteen team seven on seven term down in Paducah, McCracken County, and came out the number one seed out of pool play in that, and um, lost to a to a state champion St. Mary's team out of Missouri. Um, um, uh, there and that, and then next day we got up early and and after playing football all night, and uh, won the Carbondale tournament. Uh, took that down, so I think that's a confidence booster. Seven on seven doesn't always relate, uh, but I think the biggest thing I want to see is who's going to compete for us, you know. And that's one of those avenues that really shows, you know, those kids are going to go out there and do is a platform to them to do it. Um, uh, we got four or five returning linemen on the offensive line. That's something we're extremely excited about. I wouldn't say we have Tanner Farmers or Nick Zars or uh, Bushes or any of the number of great linemen I've had over the years, uh, but they're a unit and they're smart and we're not going to make mistakes. They're going to be where they should be. Uh, they've seen it, right? They've seen the Edwardsville's. They've seen Washington's, Marion's. Um, so excited about that. Uh, and. Uh, we had, uh, I can tell you, to, re to end up recap our summer and to end it, we had a uh, team camp at, at McKendry. Um, Coach Babcock was nice and set us all up Wednesday through Saturday, stayed over the night, two or three practices a day, uh, team meetings at night, team building activities at night. But going through the heat that we had from July 20th to the 23rd, that's, that's something the kids and players, we all went through it together, and that's something that you don't forget. And uh, to me, when things are going to get tough this year, you're going to see those kids come back. We got, we got through them days. And, and it was tough. I'm telling you, all the years I've had team camp, 12 years, this was top two heat-wise I've ever dealt with. Yeah. 2012 was really bad up in Illinois College. Um, uh, but but this, was, this was rough. And Strong survived, and those boys made it through. And, and uh, if offensively, I can tell you that um, – we're coming out feeling really good. Uh, it's it felt like 2017-2018 out there. Well, you got mm -hmm. a quarterback coming back as a third, I guess, fourth year starter. First time um, out. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, threw for nearly three thousand yards last year. Um, you got a running back coming back and um, Travis Porter. Travis Porter. Kind of unheralded, you know, kind of under the radar, but thirteen hundred. Oh, yeah, yards great, last year. great back. Twenty six mm -hmm. touchdowns, I think it was. Good well. vision, good balance, yeah. patience. You got a, a super athlete in Kate Altadonna um, yep. out at the receiver, and a lot of complimentary guys at, at receiver. Yeah, I, I, I would say uh, Kate and Brody are our, our top two guys. They have both started since their freshman year, so having two four-year starters at wide receiver. That's a Brody Lewis, Kate Altadonna right? catching a touchdown pass from freshman Brent Webbles to to beat uh, Cahokia <laughs> in, in a first-round playoff game their freshman yeah. year. I mean, how big a moment can you have of that? Now here we fast forward four years later, and uh, it's yeah. exciting to think what we can expect from them this year. Uh, but Brody's really came to his own. Um, uh, Cade's going to do what, what Cade does. And then uh, maybe some lesser-known uh, guys, but uh, if you watched carefully last year, when we had Brennan Jelly and uh, Cameron Willis on the field for us, um, 
that was when we were doing things offensively. And, and Jelly's going to play some fullback slash tight end. Cameron will, will, will play some tight end slash slot receiver for us when we decide to spread it out a little bit. But those two guys are playmakers. And like, like the other seniors that we got, they're going to do, they know their job, they're going to do their job. And going into week one, you don't have any doubt about that. And, and that's a lot of reassurance. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, the biggest thing is you can be the, a good team on paper. You can be a team with experience and say all that stuff and make it feel good. But at the end of the day, you got you got to compete and you got to execute on Friday night. So I think that's what we're excited for, the opportunity coming up on that. Now, one thing I was going to ask, um, we talked about the 17 team, and we talked about the Garrett Martys and, and uh, Kyle Lanes and that – Dylan Colton Canable, yeah, uh, yeah. Dylan Colton Canable, then you're on the line. That class meshed so well with the Sam Laporta class, which was juniors at that time. Jack Etter, uh, Jacob Willis, Brady Feldman. That junior senior group combined. That was the the, the great season, if you want to call it that. What about uh, when you look at that? Fast forward to this year. You have to have the you know you have to have those, have those players, those underclassmen that come in yeah. to, to fill in a spot here or there. How's how is that uh, I like progressing? Uh, you know, we we've got uh, some really hard nosed kids in our junior class. I, I point to certain kids like Hunter Fry, um, Dylan Beal, who are actually cousins, and uh, just just some really hard nosed kids. Adam Muni's coming on strong, um, and uh, we we got uh, our, our our only guy who hasn't came back as a star in the offensive line, Bo Starwall at left tackle, who's do, doing a very good job for us. Uh, so we've got some key components, to your point, uh, Mike, that are really going to step up big for us. And we don't feel like we have to wait for week three, week four for them to be ready. You know, we feel like, you know, are they, those are the guys that we're going to put the ball behind and give the ball to week one, week two? Probably not, right? We're going to give it to the four-year guys who yeah. have proven it, and, and we know the moment's not going to be too big for them. But there's going to be some guys, and, and a guy that is a senior and kind of left out a little bit and really under the radar uh, is Paul Graham. Um, known, known by his coaches and teammates as Bubby. Yeah. Uh, a, a guy who's... Uh, you know, had a rough go and lost his mom when he was young and his grandpa shortly after that and raised by his grandma and his aunt um, and stuck through it. Um, you know, maybe not having some of the opportunities that other kids, his peers, his teammates have had and really coming to his own, I think, with maturity. He's the strongest kid on our team, pound for pound, the fastest kid. And I think really getting confidence in himself and uh, keep an eye on that name. You know, uh, he's, he's going to be, he, he's yeah. the one guy we got on our team that's, Garrett Marty, Sam Laporta, uh, 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 our quarterback from 2015, uh, Logan Geiger, game speed, like like game breaker. Like against anyone we play in the schedule this year, anyone even Edwardsville, Paul can take a 90 to the house at any time. You know, and, and we haven't had that well in three years. Yeah, that we goes have. back to junior talking about junior football a little bit, quarterback club stuff. Because um, Cameron and Bubby played oh, that whole group. They always played growing up the junior tackle stuff and. Back in the day, Bubby was uh, the running back. and He was the man. And it was, you know, maybe maybe we'll try to throw the ball. And you know how that goes when you're playing 8U, 9U. <laughs> and it's, but you might try all these yeah. crazy plays. And, but it was now it's 4th and 12. We're going to give the ball to Bubby. <laughs> and they're going to get a first down and probably a touchdown. And Bubby ran the ball all over the place and scored all the time. Well, he's had to adjust because that's not his role anymore. And, and I agree with you. I admire the fact that he's – there was almost a time I would say maybe his – Maybe last year as a junior, it was almost like, where can we put him on the field? we got to find a spot for him. He's got to play, but we don't know where. And 
And, and it was uh, a trust thing. And, yeah. And, and I would say if Paul was right here and he, he understands it, you know, for us, I mean, here we have this great athlete, right? Uh, I mean, but where can we put him to where we can trust that he's going to do his job, right? Yeah. And, and that was the issue in the past. And it's one of the coolest parts of my job is seeing kids coming as a freshman, right? They're still in middle school mode, right? These boys and, and they're all over the place. You know, they can't tell two seconds after they did something why they did it, right? But then to see them make their transformation into their senior year and see that light bulb and you hope, you wish, you know, whether it be your kid or, or, or someone you're coaching, like figure it out like sophomore year, right? And very few of them do. Yeah. Uh, one here and there. But it's... It, that moment where they the maturity hits finally when that's in year and the light at the end of the tunnel this is my last shot no regrets and that what that does to players and you you have some that just surprise you I remember a kid named Seth Levon uh, who yeah, I like I, I, he had Seth had five or six interceptions two for touchdowns at playing Sam uh, field side backer for us uh, we never saw that from him in, in three previous years. And, and he's just one of many examples of kids that turn it on with that maturity. And it's frustrating, right? Because yeah, as, as yeah. a dad, as a, as a grandpa, as a coach, you're saying, well, you got the tools, right? Like, quit getting out of your, quit getting your own way, right? Yeah. Keep stepping all over yourself here. Well, that's a great um, story you told about him and, and the hardships he had a little bit growing up and stuff. And, and to me, that's one of the beauties of football is that that camaraderie you build um, you, you just unless you do it you really can't explain it and, and, and that gives him something to you know uh, to lean on yeah. and, and you know it's like you said you're you're I was in the military it's a very good parallel <laughs> it yeah. is to you got to trust the guy you're next to to do his job and uh, it, it's just a feeling that that is is amazing to me and uh, sounds like he's got that so it's a great story you know I you know I I played high school football in a small town just south of Springfield. We weren't very good, but I remember one thing our football coach told us was, uh, as a senior, told us, and we only had four seniors on the team my senior year, and told us football's the one sport that 20 years down the road, 20 years down the road you can go out and shoot hoops on your driveway or get a couple guys together and play wiffle ball or softball, baseball, but you're not going to find 21 other guys to go out and pad up and be able to go out and play a game of tackle football. Yeah. And so you, you better enjoy it while you can. And, and, uh, and you're right. There's nothing like it. It's, it's, uh, the camaraderie, uh, it's something that's special. And, and if you get guys to buy in and, and think about it in that way, that, that, uh, that can make for a special season. Yeah. So as we talk about this team this year, um, I want to step back to, to 18 because I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about losing Gary Marty to, to graduation. And uh, the, the, uh, what was your thought process? Did you know Jack Edder was going to be your quarterback the next year? I thought I heard some discussion that you were thinking Sam again. Is that? There was a little talk on that. Uh, it was a conversation we had during Garrett's senior year, just in passing times and, 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 and just discussions among staff. Ultimately, we felt that what Sam gave us at the split is something that we couldn't uh, do without. Uh, and uh, really, it gave us the matchups. Uh, the chess game, right? Are you gonna, are you, are you gonna put two on them? If you put two on them, all right, and you still want to be good on the other side on the pass, well, then you're gonna be light on the run game, right? So it was really, uh, you know, pick your poison, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't double them up, we're gonna throw to them. If you do, and, and that's how simple it is. Really, uh, you know, sometimes coaches try to think that they're they're so much better than there, and they know. 
I mean, anybody can do that, right? It's it's that simple, right? You make them choose. Are you going to cover the the top guy in the field or not? And if you are, we're it's a, it's a numbers game, right? We're going to hit you where you're less now. So that's what helps when you have so, players yeah. like that. Yeah. But you look at <laughs> maybe you saw it. I didn't see the season Jack Hitter was going to have coming. Um, that. And he damn near uh, matched. Uh, uh, he damn near matched what what Marty did the previous year. I, I can't disagree with that, Danny. And, and it's amazing. Um, after after giving uh, the banquet speech after Garrett's uh, uh, senior year and, and saying, you know, best, I don't know if I would have ever had any better quarterback. There are certain things that Jack couldn't give you that, that Garrett could as far as the game, game-breaking game speed, the more efficiency in the pass game, the more experience within our offense, the progression reads. But the way that Jack competed mm-hmm. and the physicality, I remember a game uh, play a triad all right, in the southwest southeast corner of our end zone, and that's where all my boys are, little guys are. I mean, here's our quarterback keeping on a run play and just puts his shoulder down and destroys their linebacker. I mean, destroys them. And if you're doing that, it's game over, right? I mean, everybody on their side just realized our quarterback destroyed their linebacker. And and Jack had a, had the corner. He could have gone to the corner untouched. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he, Jack, Jack was the player that would seek out contact. I remember the Belvalese game uh, and Jack on defense because um, – Cameron, Cameron Willis playing defense this year. I, I like to tell him if you can play defense like Jack Edder did, and just that, that free safety area, that strong safety area. You know, you're, he was Jack's just a football player. Yes. And I, at Belleville East, he had a, a pick six, and he intercepts it and goes to the end zone. And uh, the last player to try to get him before he goes to the end zone is Belleville East quarterback. And Jack crosses the goal line, kind of turns around and takes the ball and tosses it to the and typical to the Jack Be- Edder yes pass. to the Belleville East quarterback and gets a flag, but but. It, that's one of those where you're like, again, yeah, gosh darn it, Jack, you guys got a 15 yard penalty, but it's just the gamesmanship. The, he's such a gamer that you just and cerebral him on the field, cerebral. Yes. Uh, he, he's one of the most cerebral yeah players I've ever coached. Highly intelligent, and uh, the way his mind is very uncharacteristic of a 17 year old how a 17 year old wraps his head around the game of football. The things that Jack understood throughout his time playing um, and what brought him to a senior year that much farther advanced than anyone I've ever coached uh, at the quarterback position. Um, he, and that's, that was him, right? And just the calmness, right? Yeah. Under, uh, under, I mean, he's never played quarterback in his life, right? And, and, and comes in, jumps in, and I remember, I remember early June saying, kidding me? I, I mean, I expected yeah. it to be a little rougher than this. Like, I figured he would get there, right? But it was, it was, I was, I was in awe. I, I mean, I'm just being honest. I sat back and said, okay, well, here we go. Yeah, Jack was the quarterback. And again, the comfort, the comfort blanket, right? You know, you know, you know, you know, you got uh, Sam Laporta. You know, you know, you got uh, a Jacob Willis at tight end. Um, how many plays he made uh, up the middle of the field? Uh, it, you know, you can hand it to Brady. Yeah. And and uh, you know. I, Jack realized he didn't have to do it all himself. He trusted the players around him. He didn't have to be the quarterback club guy who scored six touchdowns, and you know, and he understood that. Yeah. Uh, so that Jack was, was a player who, who would, if you're down, uh, and I don't have the, I don't have my, do I go for one or two chart in front of me here? But if you score a touchdown and you need, you need to go for two here. You can't kick a, a PAT. 
Jack knew, Jack was the one player who knew that right away. Yeah. We're about to still celebrate a touchdown. This is awareness of yeah, situation. Jack's looking, yeah. Jack's looking over at you, going, "Hey, we're going for two here. What you know? What do we want to? What are we going to run here?" And he just he just knew. Yeah, the game awareness, uh, stuff like that, stuff you can't you really can't teach that kind of stuff. It's well, just, I, I sit back and marvel at that class of athletes, uh, the winningest team in Highland history in football and basketball. If, if you go back and look at their basketball history. Winning his team in a, a two or three year stretch in a single season, that senior year, and and to me those guys looked like they were killing time till football season. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching them play basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we got to do something this mm-hmm. winter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, hey, I, I, I don't want to say they they didn't put the same effort in. It just looked that way to me because they were such darn good athletes. Yeah. That on the basketball court, you, you they know, competed. Yeah. I mean, that's the word that just keeps coming back and what I learned from that group. Just, well, you can be a great athlete, you can be experienced, but can you compete? You know, uh, that's that's what sets you apart, right? Uh, and, and, I think I think your team this year learned that in the second half of last season, right? Now, how special was – I was up in Wisconsin in uh, mid-October last year listening to you call the Mascuda game. And uh, it's like – I didn't think there's any way in heck you were going to beat Mascuda at Mascuda that. And I'm sure as a coach you want to slap me for that, but, but <laughs> just based on on how good Mascuda was heading into that game, um, I, I thought it was a phenomenal confidence booster for you um, and some lessons learned perhaps from them is, that, hey, you know, this effort stuff really does work. I, I feel like it's a, it's a uh, going back to your schedule, week one, week two, week three, Mascuda playing let's say Centralia or, or whoever their non-conference games are, and Highland going up against Edwardsville and going up against Washington, mm-hmm. going down to Marion. Right. And, and you still, you're playing for your playoff lives. And Mascuda um, was 7-0, and 8-7-0 oh, at yeah, seven oh that time. Oh, and, yeah. and maybe they're coming in going, you know, this is just another game. And um, there was no doubt. And, and as you said, Denny. That's you a know, good point. Yeah. Me watching that up in the press box, uh, we talked about the game being won and lost at the line of scrimmage. The offensive line just punched Mascuda in the mouth from the word go that night and did it for four quarters. Just just physically manhandled them up front is what the way I mm-hmm. remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. And we talk about pick your poison, setting things up. It was Travis Porter, Travis Porter, Travis Porter in the first quarter and just six yards, five yards, seven yards, and then... Hit Cameron... Play, play uh, action hit Cameron on a... Yeah, a little tight end too, pass. Right? And, and yeah. that, because they're, now they've got eight, nine guys up trying to stop Travis Porter, and now you've got a, a tight end open for a touchdown, and that kind of set the whole tone. Well, I'll t- tell you what, guys. Uh, being a former quarterback and you know, playing in Little League High School, College, and uh, I like to sling the ball more than, any more than the rest of them, and, and seven on seven was one of the funnest things. Is you don't get hit as a quarterback, right? You're throwing. <laughs> but I... There's nothing like pound the rock. It's a, it's a, it's a mental, it's a mental weapon over your opponent when you know that you can physically manhandle them and they can't do anything else. And, about and it. they know it also. Yeah. yeah. How do you teach toughness, right? And that's a question that's often asked at clinics and, and, and you know even in today's society where kids are getting not not having to do as much and not maybe the tough oriented people they were in the past. Just on you can win games just on being mentally tough. Right, I, I mean, and right, you know, so uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, and that and that was a game also where it started off that way. We said kind of punching Mascuda in the mouth, taking the lead, but Mascuda came back and took the lead. Now all of a sudden, maybe you go, 
maybe it just isn't our year. All of a sudden, you know, that now they all have all the momentum. But the the, the Bulldogs, they, those kids just didn't quit. Like you said, they had that mentality, you know, that not tonight, you know. Was, yeah, yeah, and and uh, came right back. Uh, I believe Brent got an interception. Uh, I think Toby Allen maybe got an interception he sure late did. in the game, you know, and uh, just kind of wore them down enough. And um, and as you said, they just outwilled them. It's a great word. Same word I was thinking yeah. of, Mike. They, yeah. they were not going to be defeated. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, they were not going to be yeah. defeated that night. It was yeah. just a mentality. Yeah, it was. That's, we knew it. We were our, our, our – it was a season-saving game. It was a program game, right? Um, to say we're not we're not going away. They they had we dominated conference for a number of years. Things you're talking about, and then uh, you know Mascoot had beaten us twice in a row. They had COVID, and then mm-hmm. you know uh, so it was nice. To, it was a big program. Win in it it was nice because two we went over there. It's like we went over there three years in a row because of the COVID thing. Yeah, like, we did. And played at Mascoot, and and the year I, again I not get them all messed up, but when they I think it was when they beat the Bulldogs. The first time before the spring season, uh, they I think the entire town of Mascuda was on the field that night after they beat Island. You know, it was it was an occasion unlike any other for the town of Mascuda. It, it seemed like watching it that that was a celebration, and that's stuff that sticks to a coach. Also, you remember that kind of stuff. You know, hey, these guys, you know, they they beat us tonight, and they really that was their high point of their program at that point. And. Uh, it, it makes you reflect. Season, yeah. for, from my perspective, it makes me reflect because you look at all the work that's been done to build a program and community up to to, to this extent, and what sacrifices were made. And uh, you know, you're not ready. Uh, John Bon Jovi says it's easier to get to the top and stay on top. So, as a coach, you know, you, you lose a couple here and there, and you're saying to yourself, you're saying to yourself, well, surely this is our end of our reign at the top, and you know, you start battling pressure and this and that, but. You just stick to you stick to what you do, and we went into that game that night feeling pretty confident as a group. Yeah. We knew who we were. We knew we didn't play our best in, in, in weeks one through three. Uh, the tough one was a triad game. Something I'm still a couple of years later now I still can't explain because, as you said earlier, Mike, you put the schedule that you have to battle test yourself, right, and and then get through conference play and then on in the playoffs. That one will always stick in my mind. I'm still scratching my head a little bit of what happened. Why, why was that game so close? Uh, something I always have to keep with me is that last play call, you know. And I, I usually uh, they say, "Oh, you can't have regrets." And that's a regret I have. I, I, I would have, not that I don't trust Brent Webbles, but it's not something that we typically do. And I regretted it five seconds after I did it. Mm-hmm. All right, but but. Boy, I'm saying, you know, how 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 is that game even at that at that level, right? Right. Um, because you're supposed to, you, that's how you. That's the common sense approach to it, right? You, you beef up your schedule early on, and then you, and then so you're not in that situation right, later on, right? Yeah. Right. Why, why some of these other teams are playing the, yeah. you know, the weekend. Funny thing about that. those rival games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think Just you said the answer you, right there, yeah. Danny. Yeah. yeah you really never know. Is. The, the mentality is a little different. I, you know, I played in the milk bowl. In, yeah. in high school, yeah. um, I was I had the honor of coaching my, in that two my, years in a row. My knees were shaking. Uh, my yeah. senior year, we're playing at Modern Day. It was the second one. I played in the first two milk bowls, and it it, it does something to your mind. And, and you know, fortunately, we won. We got a fifth down. Oh, we took advantage of little, little Missouri, Nebraska. Hey, yeah, we, we did it before them. <laughs> I have it on film. I posted every year before the before the uh, <laughs> the milk bowl. Well, that, so, so yeah, it's nerve wracking, and, and the kids feel that a little bit um, to, when they take the field. And you know, I, 
you asked about Coach Hooker earlier, and that's something that I remember fondly about my high school years. You came in as a freshman. You you could you could go one and eight, but you were not going to lose a triad. <laughs> and it was such a mentality. And um, you know, sometimes I felt like I feel like that leads to uh, you know a tense, uh, you know, being tired, not being so loose. You know, when you're making it all about another team, you know, and that's something I, I've kind of gotten away from a little bit. I mean, hey. Uh, I grew up, and it's my job to pass down when I was in high school to these guys, so I make it well known that triads, triad, right? That's a rivalry game, but I mean, our goals and ambitions are much more beyond that. That's and, what I was going to ask you. Is it, is it, I was going to ask, is it as big of a deal as what I've heard and in, in not teaching the triad? You know, I see it from their side as well, and um, I see some triad kids who feel like Collinsville's their game. That, that's, the, you know, that's their, some of them, some of them think we, you know, Collinsville's game, we have to win. And other ones are it's ingrained in them through generations, whatever. It has to be a Highland game. And so I was going to say, is it such a big deal anymore? Because I know Cameron is friends with some kids from Triad, yeah. you know, and he talks to him. He played baseball with him in the summertime, and and uh, so it's not like it's, you know, I right. it's the hated stuff that maybe it was in years past. I don't know. What what do you think? <laughs> you got to be Triad. <laughs> that was ingrained in me as a high yeah. school okay. kid. But. I, yeah, it's not. But you, it's you, not the end game, right? Right. Uh, you know, it's. Um, so I, th- I think that's. That makes sense. It, it, as you said, you. Ultimately, as a coach, you've got bigger fish to fry. Right. But. And it seemed like the years that we really came out on the lesser end of that rivalry were years where just so much focus was placed on that. You know, so just going off my experiences as a player and as an early coach. I felt like when I put team, other teams on that pedestal, whether it been SHG in, in yeah. my second year, you know, yeah. uh, where I put them on a pedestal and, you know, we're going to show these Springfield guys what we do down in Southern Illinois, like, and it was about them and them and them. And it was really that moment in my early coaching career, year two after losing to SHG, pretty good year two or year three. We played them back-to-back years um, in the playoffs and got knocked out by them. But it was that where I said, you know what, no, like, you try to motivate your kids, right, and this and that, we got to play but it's not going to be about anybody else anymore. It's me about us. Yep. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? The camaraderie, the guys. That's consistent with what you hear from from the elite coaches. Uh, to be honest, I mean, it's it's like, you know, I we take care of what we can do. We, we control. We confident. can control. You know, it's a, so yeah. You go back to the, good message. Going back to the seventeen team uh, in the Rochester game, you know, I I like to think because I think that same thing that aura. Of, of Rochester, four-time, whatever it was, state champ at the time, and they won it that year. Um, but I still like to think you play them on a nice, sunny Saturday afternoon day like we talk. I mean, you talk about maybe some of the worst. It did stop raining, but some of the worst weather conditions see for a playoff football. It was um, definitely not what we wanted to see with having the, the top wide receiver on in, on the field. And, absolutely. Um, you know, I – that, that was, uh, again, a game of, of a couple plays here and yeah. there. You know, the interception that wasn't. And, yeah. You know, we had Sam on the first series before the interception wide open and, and did, did, weren't able to get to him there. And uh, that was uh, that was a cold one. When you, and you go all the way back. To, and you talk about things that just happen. Year after year after year, Highland, in the recent years, is 5A. Well, that year, they're 4A. They, yeah. Highland goes 4A, and you think, oh, you're 4A. 5A probably would have been an easier route that year than 4A would have been. You're right. And, you know, so it's just one of those things. 
one or two students here, one or two students here, your enrollment with the IHSA, and who knows what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So where are you, where are you at on, uh, well, before I ask that, one more thing on the upcoming year. Um, my, my main question was offensive line, and then second would be the other side of the ball. Feel pretty good about defense, or? I'm glad you asked about that. Uh, we uh, changed uh, coordinators in the offseason. A uh, former player of mine, he was a senior, uh, my, my first year coach, so went 0-9 um, as a player with me his senior year, and has slowly helped, uh, came out and started coaching our middle school program a year or two after, a year after he graduated, and made his way up to JV, really worked up the ladder, um, and really excited about having him uh, as our defensive coordinator, Riley Litzenberg. Um, and uh, he has done a fabulous job with our defense at this point. Um, we feel like what we need to do defensively is stop the run. That, that is our, our biggest deal. If we can stop the run, we can make things happen in the back end because we've got a lot of talent back there. I really like what we got at, at, at corner. We've got Hunter Fry stapled down at one corner spot, Rory Gallagher, uh, and, uh, pretty much the other one with Austin Warner, a, a senior uh, competing at that as well. And then at safety spots, uh, Cameron is our strong safety through and through. Uh, he needs a breather here and there. We, we can't do that too much with him, but but we got a young uh, Tyson Rakers uh, that, that can jump in there and help out a little bit there. But then uh, we got the free safety spot. We got uh, Cade and and, uh, and and Brent Wevels working that spot. So we feel across our secondary, we have playmakers, much like we did in that 2017, 20, 2018, mm -hmm. specifically 2018 season. Um, and uh, we really like our linebackers. Brennan Jelly is the head of our defense. Um, and uh, we got Brody Lewis, a four-year guy at Will Backer. Dylan Beadle is going to be a junior at our Sam, who's, who may have had the best summer out of anyone on our team. Um, and uh, really, it's just those bigs. Uh, we had two kids transferring from modern day uh, from Pocahontas. Things didn't work out, so they had left in the past month. Um, so that put us in a little different uh, situation as trying to find out how do we keep guys fresh. Year, the second loss that we had to Mascuda, we saw that we, I think it was Sam Buck's senior year, we really lost uh, uh, up front, we lost that game. And that's, you don't see that. That's what hasn't happened in conference play in a number of years. And it was simply because they were just fatigued. Um, so trying to find out that mix. Yes, we've got four or five coming back on offense, but trying to find how we can rotate the Travis Geese Kings and uh, the Bo Starwalls. I'm really, really uh, uh, happy with Chase Packett as a name that many of you that yeah. deserves to be mentioned. He has been our war daddy, our guy who's our staple in that spot, a one-way guy uh, defensively that we really will hang our hat on stopping that. He had some great, year. great moments last year. Yes, as a sophomore, got to get his pad level down. He knows that's the biggest thing he's working on right now. Um, but just, just the attitudes, I'm kind of jumping around, but just the attitudes of the boys, there's a swagger and confidence about them, and they're not afraid to work on those weaknesses or, or identify those weaknesses. Someone who's insecure with herself or not confident, they're more reluctant to tackle their, uh, to tackle their weaknesses or expose, let people know their weaknesses. These guys are aware of their weaknesses, and, and, and they, they'll be the first to tell you, this is what i got to get better at. This is what I'm working on today in the middle of June or in the middle of July. Um, so defensively, to get back to that, I, I, I really, um, you know, we're, we're yet to be battle-tested, I think, up there. But it was an area that we felt uh, really hurt us last year, really I, hurt us. I think something that's 
a positive for the defense, and you mentioned it a minute ago, these guys just they want to get after it. Is I think some of that attributes back to uh, Coach Chet, Coach Riley Blitzenberg, uh, the youth. You know, I mean, he's got that enthusiasm. You can see yeah. him on the sidelines as a defensive coach, as an offensive coach. I think you probably want to be. You want to at least think you're a little bit more cool and calm. Here's I got a plan to hit three more plays here. Here's what I'm going to do. Defensive attitude, yeah. attitude, attitude and identity. You get right? after it, yeah. If you have a defense that brings attitude and has an identity, yeah. Uh, you've done your, you know, everybody get a gap, right? Yeah. And fly to the ball, and, and that's why I, I I think of every time I, when I hear fly to the ball, that's what I think of with with Coach Chet. It's just. He's out there just, you know, he's got that enthusiasm. You can just see it. He, he, he wants to get out there and play. He's transferred yeah. from that young coach who uh, was playing maybe Madden uh, online with, <laughs> with uh, uh, Jack Etter and Brady Feldman and Sam Laporta as a young coach to now, you know, he stood up in camp as a defensive coordinator talking about our defensive goals this year. And it was like, I mean, he had the room. He had the yeah. room. To see that his maturity um, and – much like myself, Highland Bulldog, who went through it all the way, the pride that he has, the passion that he has for not only football but Highland football, like it was an easy choice. You know, whatever he falls short on, he's gonna he's, he's gonna recognize it. And he's gonna get better at it. Yeah. He's not gonna make excuses for it. So, um, we're really excited about him taking over that realm and how he handles the boys. And it, like anything else, it, it ain't gonna be perfect year one, but I think he will have a nice comfort with a lot of experience coming back, right? It's one thing being a, a, a new coach or first-year coordinator where you don't have a lot there, and, and then if you've got some stuff to work on, it, it makes it a lot, a lot, lot nicer. You got special teams covered? Special teams, yeah. Uh, don't do a whole lot of special teams work in the summertime. Um, uh, coach, uh, coach Derek Rollinsmeyer, who was our DC, will now uh, be our special teams guy. We're excited about that. Um, and put a little less workload on his plate. He's a very busy guy through his work. So um, I like, uh, we got nine freshmen, but I'm telling you what, I look at three of them right now, and they're freshmen, so I'm not going to name their names. But uh, uh, they're guys that I don't know how we can keep out of their electric uh, uh, and, and what they're going to do for us on special teams. I thought last year was one of our better special teams groups that we've had. Um, I mean, a couple of the block punts. And, um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see how all that comes together. But, uh, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like schedule we talked about a little bit. Open up with Washington at Washington. Yeah. Um, perennial playoff team. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, they're, you, if you think playoff football in, in the IHSA, you think of Washington. Um, Coach, go, Coach Chet, not, sorry, Mark, go ahead. Mark. No, well, I was just saying and that, that's a – um, a name you hear, and, and you come right. And, and and the first two weeks this year on the road, so yeah, um, long drive first week up to Washington. Yeah, yeah not something we can worry about too much. Uh, so we're not going to focus on that. But uh, I like uh, good coaching staff too, right? I mean, Coach Shet and I, right, Litzenberg, we've we've been to you know six or so clinics this year, and every clinic we've been to it was kind of a running joke. We saw Washington staff there, <laughs> so uh, they're doing they're looking at the same stuff we do, but 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 very well respected staff there. They're going to be well coached up front. Uh, they've lost a lot though. Um, they've they've lost a lot of guys, especially on their offense. Um, and uh, God, we're excited that that day day can't come soon enough. Um, but we got a lot of work to do before then. Uh, Edwardsville week two again, very well coached team, um, but. How, how it's, it's a that? good feeling. It's a good feeling knowing uh, who you know you got in your locker room and saying, 
let's go. Yeah. You know, there's not you know you're not, you're not going to intimidate us. Right? Uh, how good's the uh, Epinosa's little brother? He's a pretty good football player. Yep. Yep. I think he's going to be a sophomore right, this year. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, we're not going to let him beat us. That's right. for sure. Uh, I've got ways of messing with defensive ends I've learned over the years. So if you can't block them, read them, they say, right? Um, so I'm not saying we can't block them. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then Marion, uh, I mean, what what uh, what that coach has done down there, and sorry, his, his name hasn't came to my head. Uh, is that uh, Coach Martin? Is it that sure right? is. Yeah. sure is Coach Martin. What he's done there in his time, unbelievable. Uh and they had a great got, run last year. Yeah, they, they graduated that receiver, but they got their whole D line back, which was good last year. Uh, but uh, we're excited. Now you lose them next year, right? Because of yes. the expansion in their conference, and you're going to pick up. We're still looking for a week one, potentially modern day. What do you guys think? <laughs> I've been. I, it, you'd get a good crowd. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that, and, and I know there's been rumbling. The whole conference thing—it's almost like the Big Ten SEC thing now, where people are going. You know, is Grant City and Collinsville? Are they going to South Seven now? What are they independent? And everybody's flying all over the place. And who wants to go where? And um, I've heard rumblings about modern day, made one to join, uh, join the Cahokia or join the Valley and so forth. So, um, you know, there's plenty of uh, of interest there. I think that that game would generate a lot of it. I would say for Week One. Yeah, I got to make the decision between that and Tuscola. I think is the other one. Quite a bit of drive there. Um, we do a lot of summer work with Modern Day. Uh, Coach Steve and I are, are best friends, and me being a former staff member of his. We lean on each other, call each other once a week. So I feel like if we played each other, that would take away from some of that. I, I don't want to be selfish on it, but I want to, uh, uh, you know, it would be a great uh, uh, numbers. Yeah, there would be attendance everywhere. But it's kind of like when the years when he wants to play, it's a, he's, he's saying, yes, he's got he's got some dudes. And, you know, we're, we're going to reload uh, a lot yeah. after this year. Yeah. So is that the right time to do that? And then you think as a coach, you know, I'm not scared to play anyone. But, uh, you know, don't put yourself in situations where, you know, what, uh, that kid who's on the edge between modern day and Highland, you know, is it that superficial decision where modern day yeah. wins the year before and now I'm going to go to modern yeah. day, you know. Right. Uh, so there's that factor into it too. But uh, it would be it'd be a heck of a football game, you know. To me, that'd be the biggest factor. What you just described, yeah. if there's that kid on the fence, and, yeah. And, it's a, and there's from, some, from your perspective, I and familiarity that. too. Uh, you know, I, I we we I call Paul plays in. You know, I yeah, Jim will just call it. You know, because a lot of our offenses are similar. You yeah. know, I had stuff, he had stuff, and then I took it over to Highland and. So a lot of that stuff is very similar, and, and that takes some scheming. I don't know how them NFL guys do it, you know, right? Because um, they all jump around, and they're in, in, in a lot of those systems, like what they have. So much of their work you think has to go into how do we camouflage our hot route calls or this yeah. and that week in week out. Um, you know, that's a, you just watch us play seven on seven this past uh, a couple weekends ago. The best thing about that is there's no film, right? You can right. run the same plays and throw to the same guys right. a, a, game after game because there's no there's no preparation right. to it, right? No chance to, to right. make any adjustments. I mean, shoot, stuff that we're doing 
shown week one I'm aware of and we're running stuff off of it week two and week three and then we'll recycle that a lot of times week five week six you know and obviously goes into what their strengths and weaknesses are but that's kind of the game you know you're, you're running stuff you we'll, we'll come out in three personnel groupings week one all right and week two we won't show one of them personnel groupings yeah. right we're gonna let them work on it all week long and we've got enough flexibility in our offense and our personnel groupings that we can change things around so that's kind of the cat and mouse game as far as preparation and the role that that plays into winning and success. So, how much film you watch? A lot, a lot. Uh, uh, easy to get these this day and age. You just call school. It's incredible. Uh, it used to be where you know you got uh, Coach Hooker's days, right? You had the VHS, right? And you had to dub it, and then you met you met Waterloo's coach halfway, right? right. Cracker right. Girl or yeah. something like that. Here you go. Then it went to DVDs, right? Um, and then uh, with this huddle now, uh, it's kind of taken over sports across yeah. the, across the country. Uh, I can be at dinner at uh, on a fr- on a Saturday night. Uh, I can be at dinner at, at uh, Farmers and push three buttons on my iPhone and send the film. Uh, you know, and then share share the film with all my players. So it's revolutionized how that goes. But um, films a lot, but I, you know, it's like art of war stuff, right? You know, know yourself, know your enemy, you know. And well, now speaking of, of the huddle, so let's say you're playing Mascuda next week. Does Mascuda have access to all of your games, or are you still just sending them to we, uh, you, you always go last two weeks. The last two yeah, weeks. You, so they get the previous, previous two weeks. But as you get into conference play, you know, you start seeing some people have an advantage because based on schedule, how it plays out, they Mascuda may have two extra games of yours, right? Right. Where we don't, you know, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, at some point, you can't. You, you watch so much film that you just get overloaded. Uh, you try to focus on, on on a little bit, but to me, I. I use film just for self-teaching, self-coaching, uh, or you know, teaching technique. I mean, it's the little details, right? That make everybody does runs power. Everybody runs zone. You know, what are the details, and how willing are you going to be watching film to coach those up to your kids? That's where real learning occurs. Like, well, then are you seeing it, right? You can't, as an athlete. You know, high school kids, that it's been said from time to time, they may be a little stubborn, right? Yeah. But but when you're seeing on film, you can't you can't deny that. And there goes a lot into preparation, but, man, so much of it just goes back to the theme I've been kind of echoing throughout this interview is let's be the best versions of ourselves, right? Let's 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 control what we can and, and, and make sure that all this stuff is detail-oriented to a T, and we're doing what we need to be doing. So do you still time. review your game with the team in a, a session? Absolutely. We do that Saturday morning. Um, so typically I'm, I go home and upload the film, and I'm up till about 4, usually, 4.30, and then get a couple hours and meet the kids at 8 uh, or 8.30, whenever that is, and kind of go either coach a youth football game the Saturday afternoon or go out to eat with the family and then try to get a you know 8 o'clock yeah. bedtime and then start over for preparing on Sunday for your next opponent That's so what I was it say. comes with the job yeah. you know I I, I, yeah. I look at it like college guys like how do they spend all that time recruiting right yeah. I, I mean that that's insane to me um, but yeah my wife thinks I'm insane definitely um, <laughs> but I I've never been blessed with you know, the Jack Edder level intelligence. So I feel like where I've got to make up for that and be the best coach I can is, uh, is, is, is just study, prepare. Are you, you watching know, film though? Are you watching film to, uh, prepare or are you watching film to 
worry about ourselves and make ourselves better. In a, in a given game week, I will watch film, and this a lot of this is time time. But I, I will watch film from practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, and how we can clean those things up. All right, our practice film, but I'll continue to watch our film on our opponent game for scouting film, yeah. purposes. Okay. So. Uh, a fine line there, you know, how much yeah. time do you, you prepare and then fix your stuff? And I think if you're going to be solid, uh, you've, you've got to do both. You've got to balance there, yeah. It's a lot. And make sure you've got history so lesson you, plans, right? Exactly. You film, you film your practices? We film every practice, absolutely. Is that coordinated with Durbin's auto, audio? Uh, we, video? Yeah, uh, we had a couple W Dog guys uh, that had came out and helped us. Uh, the last group that we got, uh, we took over full time. We, we, we paid them and took care of them. And Durbin was like, you son of a gun, you took those guys from me. <laughs> so I sent him an email uh, this year, uh, this early this summer. He goes, I'll recommend a couple, but if you take them, I'm going to come find you. <laughs> so uh, I, re I was reassured we, we got two great young men that have been helping us out all summer. We was throwing them a couple bucks and, and for, for paying it. But... I mean that without them guys, I mean you're that that's where you fix the mistakes. That's where you set your practice for the next day, right? We're not going to run these cool drills because they look cool or we saw them on YouTube. We're looking at what what the problem is, and that goes into what our individual work is that next day, what technique we're working, what we're doing, and from a camp perspective, and we missed it with COVID, right? Not being able to go to right. camp, camp right. team camp. I mean, you look at the setup for learning, right? We have we have an AM practice, all right? And then we release them for practice. They come back for a film session and we are fixing mistakes from that prep from that practice AM practice. Then we go out and have afternoon practice and you know, all right, let's see if we learn in the film room, right? And you repeat that process even another time within that given day, times three days. So the the setup that we have for, for, for teaching and learning through film and mistakes, that's invaluable at our team camp and I, I envy sometimes the setups that these colleges have where yeah. they can approach where they can do because that's that's where it occurs, right? Once school starts it's really tough to find those times to do that. But that's well, you, you talk see, to any coach at any level. That yeah. that's where you it just it's it's just continued fine tuning, right? What can we do better? What can we do better on a daily basis? Right. What can we do? The repetitiveness better? of yep. trying to get better. And what's on film Coach, I, I didn't mean to do that. What's on film is, is what it is, right? Yeah. It's what we're coaching and it's what players are executing. So you can say as a coach, well, he knows better than that. I've told him that 20 times. Well, that there it is, Coach. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's your accountability. So uh, I've always tried to stay accountable through that, you know, and ask my coaches to do the same. But Do you yeah. see – how often you see immediate results from that on, on the field? Uh, almost every time you review it or does it take a – um, that constant pounding before you see it sometimes? Well, I, you know, like you said, your, your brand says, Coach said I did a good job. You need those moments, right? Because in the film room, I, I get pretty brutally honest, you know. Um, and when you see those those immediate responses, that that's it. And that's, you know, where the confidence comes in and, you know, yeah. from those kids. And, and I think it's important that you give those moments as coaches because they deserve it. If, you, if you're going to – and we don't get personal unless it's a lack of effort in the film room, but you know we're we're, we're trying to win, right? And and I don't got time for feelings and this and that. I mean, we're going to be constructive, but straight to the point. So when they do, when you do see that immediate uh, success, that you definitely talk about it and you, you parade it out in front of everybody. I think that's that's yeah. so important that I think too many times coaches in general maybe get a bad rap because. Um, they from, see from this. Parents, from they parents see that. Yeah, and they see the coach over on the sideline. Parents do telling you, you know, with the finger and, and, and pointing. But there's moments when you can give that 
criticism, and you can call it constructive criticism if you want, but there's also moments when the, if the coach is saying, you see what you just did right there? You do that every time, and you're going to be a football player, and, and you build up that kid's confidence, like you said. And uh, there's moments like that that people don't always see. No. And, and uh, you know, like they, I think it's today's society. You focus on the negative. And um, the, the people in the locker room know about the positive stuff, yeah. though. And my you know, dad, uh, my dad was a classic example of how he used to coach. He was very in-your-face. And that's kind of old school how it was right. a little bit yeah. more. But, but, I mean, he, he, he would tell you in front of you and your friends and teammates and girlfriend or whatever, he'd tell you. And I think there was a lot of parents over the years as I was growing up that I could see – you know, from a parent perspective, where they like you're talking about, Mike, they didn't get that, yeah. right? They they saw my guy, my dad's a guy who had his overbearing voice and this and that. But uh, if you're not getting kids to listen to you, if you're not, you know, what's the point? Mm-hmm. How's a kid gonna get better? I mean, I've got seven you guys that I'm coaching along with high school, and I mean, if they're, I know I want about football, but if they're running around doing this, you know, and jumping up and down, I like. How am I going to make that kid more confident in himself, right? Yeah. So I know that I may look like the the guy that guy or us coaches in general look like the guy who why is he making him do uptowns? We're only seven yeah. years old. Well, if I can't get their attention, how am I going to make them better? Yeah. You know, and to me, that's where a coach's mindset is. That's different from a spectator or a parent. Yeah. Kind of like you're talking about for sure. Well, I'm hoping that you taking on that youth league that means you're going to hang around a while. Do you do you get feelers from colleges? Um, I had a talk, uh, I haven't told many people this, I had a talk with uh, Edwardsville's head coach a couple years ago, they were having some things going on with a super, or a athletic director maybe moving up to assistant superintendent or principal, and he would maybe move up to AD, and uh, you know, I was one of a few guys that he would, if that situation had occurred, uh, that he would want to come in for an interview to do that. Um, you know, I'm pretty close with Coach Babcock from McKendry just in the last couple of years. Um, and I feel like that's something that I could definitely do if I wanted to. I, it's not an um, uh, out-of-comfort zone thing. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the goal to do this was to bring a state championship. That's the first thing I told my principal and superintendent when I got hired. And um, that hasn't changed. So there really is no plan B, really, at this yeah, point. You know, It's good to hear from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see you hang around quite a while. It's yeah. been a fabulous 10 years, 11 years. Uh, of watching, a lot of fun. Watching football um, here in Highland. So, Mike, listening to you broadcast, it's, uh, it's been fun. Um, I was jumping out of bed in Wisconsin in that Wascuta game last year. My wife and I both listening to that one up there. Well, like, I'll uh, tell you, so. we, we go through, uh, Rodney and I, we, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, Dennis has been great with the BulldogRadioHighland.com stuff, and um, I get compliments all the time. And I don't, I I love watching sports. I actually went to college my first year before I decided to party too much. <laughs> um, I wanted to be in mass communications. <laughs> I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, and um, so it comes natural to me. I I did it where I lived up in Northern Illinois for a number of years, and. Uh, I, I have fun with it, and it makes it easy when there's uh, a good team, you know. And it uh, keeps you connected. Too. It absolutely does, it and, and uh, um, the the support, the the community support, you know, the crowds you see there, just that kind of stuff. On like you said, Friday nights are special. I yeah. mean, during football season, Friday nights are special. When you basketball season, and I appreciate basketball. You know, you start in November and you all the way to March. That, that can wear you down, but. Um, football, you know, that build up to the week to that one special night, um, it means something. I think it means something to 
not only the coaches, the players, the school, but the community. And, and it's just a, it's a gathering that. And so the people that can't make it, uh, when they say, hey, I'm going to be listening tonight, you know, are you guys broadcasting? And, and uh, like, yeah, we are. And, and then you hear about it the next day that, yeah, we, we listen to you guys. You know, it, yeah, it makes fun. you feel good. Yeah, it is fun. And it's Coach fun. Hawkins, too, you know, he's a guy who's a baseball guy, but I thought his word that he used for it was, was right on about football, where it sets itself different. It's an event. A football game's an event, yeah. right? I mean, it's not a game like baseball or basketball. Right. It's, it's an event. Yeah. And, I, and I felt when he said that word to me about no less than a year ago, I'm like, yeah. Reflect on it. Yeah, absolutely right. That first year you had Belleville East out here. I got a cousin that uh, teaches there, and he was out here with me watching the game. They were on the visitor sideline. Yeah, and that was a back and forth one there, right? They had a little, they had a high powered yeah, offense. Yeah, pulled pretty apart handily, pretty good. But, yeah, uh, uh, he he just stood there and marveled, looking across the field at the stands, and said, yeah. "We got three thousand students in our school. We can't do this." You know, mm, right. it, it's like he, he, he said, this is the way it should be. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think, I, I, no disrespect to any other fall sports that you have either, but there's so many other organizations that are um, involved with a Friday night event. You know, you have the band, you have the dance team, you have the, the cheerleaders. Uh, I mean, there's different groups that are involved with, uh, and it's big a night for them as well on Friday mm-hmm. nights. And so, um, like you said, that's a great word that Coach Hawkins used and calling it an event. And, um, I think it, maybe it's unfortunate the larger the schools are sometimes, maybe the lesser you see that, unless you're talking about maybe the yeah. Chicago Catholic League uh, high-powered sure. schools, you know, the Joliet Catholics of the, of the world. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you get the small-town stuff, and, and I don't want to say island small-town, yeah. but um, 5A, 4A on down, it, it's an event, and uh, usually the towns are behind it, and it's, it's a special thing. Yeah. So uh, who all you got in college right now? Oh, there's a lot. Uh, uh, Brayton Moss at Illinois College. Uh, Kyle um, Lane finishing fin- finishing up. I, I, I'm not sure if Kyle's going for you. Know, is Kyle going for one more year? I don't know. I, I'm there's not, some talk. He both ways on it. I last I heard he was, but I that was um, early on. Yeah, uh, and then uh, obviously Sam at Iowa. Brady doing very well. McKendry, he's kind of. Top two backs there going this year. And he had to come back um, from an injury. He had a broken leg. Wasn't it a broken leg? Yeah. 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 And um, then he got his appendix taken yeah. out. Yeah. So he's had some misfortune there, and uh, but has, uh, has done well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I don't want to leave. Carbondale. Um, oh, Sam Buck, of yeah, course. Sam, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's, uh, he's working right in there with that first and second unit. And... I mean, basically, one injury away as a, as a, as a second year kid to be starting on that offensive line. So, how excited know. are you for Laporte up in Iowa this year? Oh, extremely. I mean, to be able to play in that, uh, I'll be even more excited for him if he gets drafted by my Packers. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm you in know, the keeper just, league. I'm thinking of drafting him this year. Just like, <laughs> you know, just how he handled himself on a Big Ten media day, and yeah, it was the coolest thing about him is just how humble he was through the whole experience. Yeah, you know, like you're supposed to stay an extra day at Iowa, and he's like, "No, I'm coming back to play a basketball game." You know, and. I don't know a lot of kids that would do that, mm-hmm. you know, and never shoved in anybody's face over what showcasing went to the weekend before this and that. Um, yeah, very, so you, you root for people like that, right? You do. Man, I, I got way. chills last year in the uh, Penn State game when they showed the locker room scene after that game. I don't know if you saw that, but but they uh, coach friends was just fired up and. 
one of the other linemen got up and, and said something. And there's Sam sitting right in the middle, and they're they're all lifting their helmets and just hollering in there. And that, yeah. that was that game was they went to six and zero. I think it was yeah. at that point. Yeah. It's just so much of what those top players like the Odorizzi's and the Hartlibs and the Tanner Farmers and Sam Laporta's and you know list goes on. Billy Greenwald's. I mean, what the what Billy did for me as a kid, I told you I was watching his highlight films. What what they do, giving um, you know uh, a chance and, yeah. and validating, uh, you know, that I could be that someday for some of these kids. I mean, I mean, it's it's unparalleled to what you can do for your community. You yeah. know, I mean, how many people they impact. You know, uh, that's I'll, awesome. I'll tell you, I uh, growing up, I mean, I was a huge, couldn't be any bigger. I. I 90 miles from Champaign, um, huge U of I fan. Went to went to his college at Truman State uh, in Kirksville, Missouri, and uh, lots, lots of, uh, you know, that's only a half hour from the Iowa border. Lots of Hawkeye fans came to college there, and my hatred for the Iowa Hawkeyes was was deep. And um, when Sam signed there, I was like, you know, and 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 Lovey Smith being at Illinois, <laughs> and not even giving Sam a sniff, um, yeah. it. I, I'm not ashamed to say I changed allegiances, and I've been up there now three times to watch uh, Sam play, and uh, there's no better atmosphere than Kirk Ferentz. Right, Kirk Ferentz, yeah. so much of that, right? Yeah. He's a staple, right? When you've seen the Tanner Farmer go through three head coaches, yeah. right? Watch Tanner play his last college football game at Iowa Stadium, um, you know, before I ever started rooting for Iowa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, to tradition, how they come. Locked up out of the field. Yeah, just, there's it's, so it's, many things that are likable about there it. There is, you and, know, as a Midwesterner. Yes, there couldn't have been any better place for Sam to land than than that. The, you're right. The the Midwestern, just the togetherness. Uh, um, that's that is the pro sport in the state of Iowa. You know, that's Iowa State is is respectable in football, but if, if the Hawkeyes are the thing in Iowa, yeah. and uh, he's represented them well, obviously he's represented the recruitment well. process. It boggles my mind. I'm like. This kid has the top numbers in the history of the state. He's right there. <laughs> you know, right. Like everything. Right. I don't know why every one school wasn't going after. Yeah. Same thing with Tanner and U of I. Right. They didn't. They did not offer Tanner until after Mizzou offered him. Mizzou offered yeah. him on like a Friday or Saturday. You know, the assistant head coach called me and said, "You don't have any kids, right?" I'm gonna, you know, before they give a full scholarship to a kid, all that stuff. But then I remember on, on Monday, uh, after it all came out, I think U of I offered like a deer. And Container won MVP at their camp. Yeah. I mean, he, he sat them all down. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think so much of his reliance is on the four- and five-star systems. Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, A.J. Epinesa doesn't go play. From Edwards doesn't go play at Iowa. Then LeVar Woods doesn't. Coach Woods, all right, your special teams guy. Doesn't come down and talk to Coach Martin, head coach at Edwardsville, who we play seven on seven with in the summer times. And Coach Martin says, "Hey, Coach Woods, you need to go check out this Laporta kid." If that doesn't happen, he's never there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's never set up that way, so it's just crazy just how show things the, work. Show him the catch he made against Alton out at Hyden. <sighs> You, you know the one I'm talking about? If it's yeah. the one I'm talking about. It's one where he always I, he always had a good story to this. The ball was up there in a minute, right? And now you're talking north end zone, yeah. right? All right? And he said, Sam came off the field. He goes, 
coach that DB was like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he was like, no, you don't. And, and literally, excuse me, literally yeah. lost him uh, in the end zone. That's the one. Yeah. And round one playoff game, right? Uh, we're playing that, uh, if I can go on all night was with it, this stuff, that team from Chicago. Rich Central? Or? Yes, 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 Rich Central. And I'm looking at these guys on film, and, I mean, they had seven, D, seven eight D1 athletes yeah. on their team. All right. And I felt we were much better coaching them, but I mean, game breakers, right? And we came out that first series for over the top of their dude with Sam. I mean, it was done after yeah. that, right? Yeah. I mean, they had legitimately six, seven, yes, D1 they did. kids. Speed. Yeah. Just uh, looking at them on the sideline, you're like, we're in for a battle. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now because we're past, but, but I'm watching film on these guys, right? Saturday night, I'm like, I'm like, and this is with our team, right? I'm like, Son of a gun! I don't know if we. This is this is going to be a test week. Yeah. Round. I mean, I mean, can't go out round one with this right. team, right? Right. right? right? You know, I mean, that was probably the most pressure that I felt yeah. I've ever had as a coach because you just see dudes all across yeah. the board. You know. Yeah, they took one punch in the mouth though, and they were ready to go home. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we destroyed their will to continue to compete. Yeah. 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 Well, gentlemen, it's been fun. Yeah. I mean, Thanks for having yeah. me on. I appreciate it. Good luck to you this season. Look forward to it. Yeah. 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 Should be a good one. Should be a good one. All right. I'm Smarge, Coach Warnicky, sitting on the bench. Went a little longer than I told you we might, but, you know, that happens with a football talk. So so we'll do it. Uh, As always, you can find these episodes out on Spotify or Apple Music, Amazon, any of your streaming uh, services, you can find the bench. Uh, just search From the Bench with Dench and uh, check out some of the back episodes if you can. But uh, also can hear this episode if you're listening on Spotify, check out uh, BulldogRadioIsland.com uh, as well. As, uh, uh, Dennis Warfler will be playing this throughout the month and uh, heading up to, to opening day here in Highland. So uh, thanks for joining, and we'll catch you next month on From the Bench with Dench.